It is Saturday, the 9th of March, 2019. This is episode 350 of Digital Outbox. Welcome to another episode of Digital Outbox. I am Chris and joined by Ian. Hello, Ian. I've got a giggle, so good afternoon. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's afternoon, but it's properly afternoon. We're on a Saturday afternoon um, and we know how well those podcasts always go. <sighs> right. <laughs> news, 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 news. Zuckerberg has been writing stuff. He's been quite active recently, um, probably due to the fact his company's getting a lot of slag at the moment. Slag? slag? Getting a lot of slack slag. at the moment. <laughs> and um, he's basically put forward a, a document, a note, a letter to the community saying how he's going to turn Facebook into a privacy-focused communications platform instead of the open social networking platform that it is today. Um, he's kind of, you know, essentially, to paraphrase, he's saying... Open social networks, you know, that's what we were building. That's turned out to be, you know, a problem in lots of different areas. So we're going to refocus down and we're going to be towards uh, privacy, protecting data and keeping data. Is it, I think they're ephemeral, so it doesn't doesn't last forever. So some one of the bad things about Facebook is if you say something once, it lasts forever and can never be lost. And that's, you know, that's been the design to date. Um, and this new focus, I think, you know, from the analysts that i've sort of heard saying yeah it does it is a different future um and maybe facebook does need to do it to remain relevant um i mean what were your what was your initial impression of you know this model uh, initially I, I thought it smelled it smelt um mm-hmm. it's it almost just like here's what we're going to do but really we won't do it um, and then the, the more as you say the more oh, analysts forced okay. and, and then started looking into it, it was like ah, that's why they're doing it so there's a um if you look at kind of market shares of, of handsets, um, like China's mm-hmm. really fell away for Apple. And a lot of people put that down to WeChat. So WeChat um, mm-hmm. sounds just like a, an encrypted messaging service. But basically, it's a, it's almost like a walled garden. You fire up WeChat. Yes, it's got encryption, encrypted messages inside it, but it's also got loads of other things. It's almost like a... You know, a, a, I don't want to say an AOL-type environment, but, mm. but it means there's no... Um, you, you've got no, um, I, I guess, kind of ownership, not ownership, but you've got no, you know, I have to be an iPhone user, I have to be an Android user. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Apple have seen a lot of market share loss and that, and it's and people are believing it's because in America and Europe, you've got um, iMessage and lots of people don't want to lose things like iMessage because you've built up a lot of, you know, relationships and you, you know how mm-hmm. it works and it's all encrypted. They don't have that in China. And and the belief is that this is Facebook trying to fight, not so much fight WeChat in China, but obviously establish themselves as a we don't I don't care about being on iOS or Android. We'll be in our own walled garden. Everything's encrypted. For a lot of people, Facebook's a bit like that anyway. And I guess, but the focus is currently on the fact that yes, that's what people are using Facebook. You know, some for some people, Facebook is their internet. Um, but the fact is that the data in the background is permanent, shared open accessible in ways that you don't necessarily agree to or understand when you're doing it so 
you know, I'm, I'm willing to give them the benefit of, I know you're saying you felt the stink and, and I guess that's because of the, the direction of things so far, but you know, I, I genuinely think they could be trying to turn this around and Hey, why not rethink this thing? You know, open social networks is, is causing them problems. So how let's steer away from it. Let's, let's work out how we can monetize our platform, which they still can. They can still give adverts. They can still do these things that they do, but just do it within a, a an environment where the data isn't permanent. It doesn't stick around and they don't share it outside of their wall garden. As long as they can keep people within it, they can monetize it. And I think it's, you're right in that if you look at the stink and the, the legislators now getting involved, um, they almost have to do something. Um, there's too many governments now saying we will start to bring in laws now to stop what you're doing. Yeah, so we're going to come on to the story like that soon. But they, we've also had this week um, Facebook taking down uh, a, a fake account network uh, that was, uh, I think, based in the UK. So this um, this account uh, was basically it was it was distributing uh, far right. Um, messaging as well as um, far left messaging and basically just causing unrest and instability and posting all over the place to you know just generate that that sort of divide Um, you know these networks clearly have motives and you know it's it's yeah it's 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 a strange one isn't it yeah and and at first because they've talked about it's just a hundred accounts you think this is fairly small but they had hundreds of thousands of followers so it was a you know that they've obviously got traction. They obviously had an audience. It's also quite clever. There's a lot of there's a lot of fake news. There's a lot of far right news and far left. But they also shared in content from like BBC and New York Times to make it feel quite a legitimate <clears throat> source of news. Yeah, um, as much as anything, because sometimes sharing a BBC news which is left leaning to a right wing group suddenly gets all the reaction and yeah. and they, and then you gain traction. And then and you, I see posts on my feed all the time which are these shareable instant reaction headlines that 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 people then react to and you think you're just reacting to fake news and it's you you can see it happening so i don't and I, and you can you see it at subtle levels as well as maybe this is more blatant but but these people are getting clever at sort of staying under the radar a bit more um but it's it's just what is the intent what's the ultimate aim is it just to you know to shake things up or you know what is it's hard to know what their ultimate aim is especially given that they are uh, you know, using both extremes to just to instigate this this feeling of, you know, like instability and just hate, I guess. Uh, the interesting bit for me, it wasn't that they weren't pulled because of their content, it was their behaviour. Um, so it was the the people behind the activity coordinated with one another and used fake accounts to misrepresent themselves. So mm. that was what they've, they've That's what they've actually, the, the terms and conditions yeah. allowed to. So it's not the actual content itself. It must have been the, or, you know, these same 100, you know, accounts are all sharing the same things they're yes. all you know when one they're, posts everybody else shares it at the same ultimately time ultimately they're not real people is what they're you uh, know yeah and that's the whole point of a social network it's supposed to be a real person but yeah okay i mean anyway i, I guess it's good that they're gone um but i think it's just scratching the surface of a, a deeper problem and yeah and, and, and the, the majority of the pages were all um you know misrepresentation of uh, Muslims, LGBT, uh, and minorities. Yeah, you know, so it's um, and it's and it's sad. It's getting to that. You know, we're seeing it more and more. But sad times. We've seen another announcement this week on the, uh, you know, a sp- 
specific crackdown on Facebook for anti-vax misinformation. So this is this has become it's been one of those fake news stories that um, that has actually grown over time to it now represent uh, quite a serious threat to um, like health of of you know whole swathes of society around various diseases. So this anti-vax and you know if you haven't been following along this has been around for years but there was one report which um which has since been um massively dis uh i'm trying to work get the word discredited i think it was fake uh fake data that was used to create a report that's linked um vaccinations with autism and facebook and social media just seem to be this breeding ground for people willing to disregard uh, doctors and evidence and research and hook into this belief that yeah these vaccinations are causing autism in our kids so there's a, it's a bit of a scare story people came out and said yeah my, my child was definitely affected by this never been the same since they had that vaccination and all those kind of things and it's social network it was the kind of almost one of the first things that social this this weird thing where people in this these groups decided to go along with you know this one discredited report and it didn't matter how much people said that that's not true and you know this the data's not there it's it still carried on to such an extent that so many people weren't getting vaccinating uh, vaccinating their kids that they that we're now seeing the the fall of herd immunity and and basically we're seeing diseases come back that haven't been a problem for for many many years and diseases that cause you know irreparable damage and and problems and people die from and it's you know it's becoming serious so anyway facebook have now um do basically they've updated their algorithms to make sure that this information is not being disseminated as much and as highly um as it has been to date um because they've recognized the seriousness of it um and this is going to spread across i think to instagram as well am i right it includes instagram um and also their target on Amazon because Amazon has a number of um, prime video search results that, that pull back similar discredited content, but the search mm. algorithms don't know that. They're just looking for what you're searching for and promoting it. I think that was the worst thing about this. It was the, you know, I think most people knew it was wrong, but if it, it was it was being promoted across that Facebook platform and it doesn't take lots of, and I mean, it's probably why they've taken these like hundred pages down. It doesn't take a lot of people to start almost, you know, like Google bombs used to take lots of people. It seems yeah. to be with the algorithms now, you can start to target quite small or quite big groups with a small number of people. And I, I am a hundred percent sure that it's there are well-intentioned people spreading information that they believe to be true, Fly but off. is but is not. And 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 then if you if you're a parent. And your kids just about to have their vaccinations, and you're reading that your friend Jilly down the road um, has has warned you about this thing, and, and linked to an article which you haven't really read, and don't know. <laughs> it's going to make you think. And I don't want my kid to have autism. I don't want a vaccination. And no, yeah, look, mine. They've got so much mercury in there that it's going to kill me. You know, it's all those all those kind of things that came along. Anyway, it's. I think we're going to see this more. This is obviously a. It's almost a low hanging fruit for this one because it's been around for so long and is so thoroughly. Uh, discredited that actually yeah it's you know it's an easy one for them to to justify but i think we might start seeing that more but yeah i, I think it's, it's facebook i think finally waking up and realizing they have to do they have to be more proactive around some of these things mm. um 
the three, but, the three stories, you know, they're, they're linked because it's Facebook, but I think that their timing's not coincidental. And um, we've spent the last 18 months talking about there's been a fairly um, a fairly prolonged, you know, bad story after bad story after bad story. And Facebook's PR, I don't think, has done themselves much favour. I think they've almost tried to, you know, just every, everything, just front foot and not disagree, get the wrong facts. Um yeah, yeah, yes, and yes, and no. I mean, ultimately, they're still making a lot of money, so um, you know, risk reward, business analysis, and all that kind of stuff. Are these bad stories costing us anything? No, people are still going on Facebook. The, the number of people who fully withdraw from Facebook is, I'm sure, a tiny majority of the people that say they will do or they they might do. You know, but but Elizabeth Warren wants to break down Google, Amazon, Facebook. This is um, she's a Massachusetts senator. And basically, I think she's presidential candidate potentially in the line. And this is one of her angles she's taking. Now, she's a Democrat and traditionally Democrats have sided with these big technology firms and certainly taken the dollar. Um, But she's coming from the angle of, no, I believe that we need to break up Amazon, Google, Facebook because they are they are so massive and take so much influence that effectively they are monopolies um, and they are basically swallowing up any competition, which is. You know, you can't argue with what she's saying uh, and and say she's coming up with this design or that she's going to campaign on the basis that we need to split these things up. She's chosen what seems like an arbitrary massive figure of, is it 25 billion? 25 billion, yeah. So she's taken a, a weird random arbitrary number. I don't know where that comes from or why it comes from, but um, that's the figure she's saying. Anything bigger than that, we have to look to break down. So that would involve things like breaking uh, Google down into its constituent parts, Um I guessing breaking up Amazon into various constituent parts, and then um, I think th- th- Facebook doesn't come into that arena at the moment, but I'm sure that it would, you know, be included well, at some level. I mean, she name checked Amazon, Google, and Facebook, and then a few hours later, also added in you know, Apple and a, and a few others mm. as well. Um, the, the bit that was, that was slightly weird was she she classed Microsoft. Um, so she used the parallel of Microsoft. She says the, the breakup of Microsoft, which she calls the tech giant of its time, as if mm. they're not a current tech giant. Seemed, yeah, yeah. seemed a bit weird. Um, and and what what she basically said is the government's antitrust case against Microsoft cleared a path for companies like Google and Facebook to emerge. And I'm and I'm not I'm not really buying that, to be honest. But yes and no, there there yeah. were definitely there you know. Um, Microsoft did definitely start abusing its position and it having Internet Explorer, definitely when they, they took away Internet Explorer as a default browser from Microsoft um, installations, we did see the rise of other browsers at you know, a much higher level. But, you know, ultimately, Microsoft nearly got to the point of failure because of the, you know, these regulatory changes that they were forcing them. In. And, and are we going to see these other companies start, you know, creaking and and as consumers are we going to miss out if they do break down these companies one of the best things about these things is they're tied up and integrated data services and are we going to have problems when that gets taken away what do we miss out on or or does is it right that we get all this competition we split away people into these different arenas but we find some way of combining data in a more open way that's not controlled necessarily by these massive organizations maybe it comes to a better solution it's hard to tell isn't it and she gave examples. So Amazon Marketplace, Google's Ad Exchange, and Google Search would be platform utilities under this mm. proposed legislation. 
Um, so Amazon Marketplace Basics, Google's ad exchange businesses would be split apart. Google Search would have to be spun off as well. And, and the second part, um, which which the article describes more aggressive, would be to roll back acquisitions that that the new law deems anti-competitive. Which so is... we've seen we've seen that lots and lots recently, right? Where we we talk quite excitedly about a new technology that comes along, then they sell up to one of the big firms or one of the big firms takes them over for massive figures, and then we don't really hear much about that technology again. Um, so, do you think that bit's bad, or do you well, think that's actually? You know, where do you, the example where do you... you give there? I, th- I think Apple are always one of the worst for for doing it. They buy a company and it's an instant shutdown. Yeah. Um, whereas the examples again given were things like Whole Foods and Zappos, would Amazon would have to give up, and they're still almost trading under their own brands. Mm. Um, you know, so Google buying Waze, Nest, and DoubleClick. You know, Waze is still a separate app. Feels like a different app. Yeah, yeah. Yes, underneath are sharing, you know, sharing data. Facebook would have to part with WhatsApp and Instagram. You know, these are huge. <clears throat> and I guess the the thing the thing to bear in mind is this is this is a you know Warren is looking to you know become a you know a presidential candidate. Yes. But it's a, it's it's one of the first times that we've seen, as you said, somebody actually coming out and and having a bold policy around us. Um, and it is a bolt. I, mean, I guess you know. Ultimately, when you look at these companies, you think how massive they are and the the power they do wield. And it's really because they offer so many different services. It's hard to say they're doing a monopoly thing. But really, of the companies that we work with in the, in the world, they they, they kind of do monopolize what we do on a day to day basis. So, but it's hard to define them that way because it's not like. It's not like a supermarket, you know, which is selling food and that's what it does. Or it's not like a... There was, know, a, it was a great article. I think it may have only been two, three weeks ago. There was a journalist went five weeks and each week she, she cut out one more of the tech giants. So mm. like week one, I don't know, it was Facebook. Yeah. Week two, added an Amazon. Week three, added an Apple. Week four, you know, and, and it just got so hard by the end of it to try and do it. <laughs> use your, you know, do day-to-day activity on the on the internet or using your own technology with, without using one of those. Well, yeah, you can't go on pretty much any website because you're on Amazon services, basically. So if you cut, if you take Google and, and, and Apple out, is there any phone you can buy now, really? Yeah. That, yeah. that isn't dependent on Android or iOS? Yeah, it's true. And you're just like, okay, um, that's a big bit cut. Um, you look at even like TVs. You know, most, so many TVs are now you know, powered by Android TV. Yeah. So if you if you try and cut out, you know, cut out Amazon, you know, most people's shopping disappears. Um, your your home assistants disappear. Um, music service probably disappears. It's just it goes on and on. Audiobooks disappear. Yeah, yeah. We yeah, they sit there. They do everything. They quite uh, I, I guess. Do you think that will happen? My, my gut feels no. To be honest, it just feels like. But then we thought that about you know. Uh, various other things, including Microsoft at the time. Do we think this is going to have an effect? No, but it did, and it does. So maybe, and and with the bad feeling around uh, companies like Facebook, um, and even the you know the the fallout on, on Google and all those other things, may, maybe we will. I think there's definitely a uh, there's a media trend for sure towards um, the badness of social media, um, and. You know, there's a disregard for the the good that it brings as well. Um, but they're certainly focusing at the moment on all the negative aspects of social media. So, 
I think it might. I think it's got some legs. Otherwise, there's there's no way a presidential candidate would take something on that doesn't have at least a base, you know, that that they can run with. Let's have a talk about Huawei, um, MateBook X, not MacBook, MateBook, and this is basically their laptop that they've produced, uh, and they produced. They've done one already, and it was widely received as being a great mix of style and ports and all those kind of nice things. And they've released an update, um, which is basically a, an iteration on it, but again, it looks like quite a nice bit of technology um, with you know reasonable specs and all that kind of stuff. Well, I'm not sure it, what. What's it running? Do you know? What do you mean? What's it running? Oh, what, what operating system does it? Windows. It's a, it's run. It's a Windows yeah, yeah, yeah. machine. Yep. Okay. So these are these all. I guess the next like twenty stories. Well, it's not. It's about five. Yeah. But yeah. They, they, these all come from Mobile World Con, Con, Congress Conference. Well, uh, Mobile World Congress. Yeah. Con. Whatever. Doesn't matter. This was held a couple of weeks ago, um, and the, I just think the, the MateBook X. So lots of people didn't like the fact that it's a little pop-up camera on the keyboard, mm-hmm. but it is. To me, the design looks stunning, and unlike Apple, they've got a keyboard that works. Because Apple are in a year three of just keyboard mess. I've not tried the new keyboard enough to know. Is it is it really that bad? It's so it, it feels fine. I think all the keyboards feel fine. There's nobody sitting there going fundamentally, this is a, such a broken design. It doesn't feel right. It's the fact that a, a speck of dust or a speck of you know food breaks mm. your keyboard, and after two years, it's going to cost seven hundred pound to fix. That is yeah. an absolute disgrace. Yeah. And and the MacBook Airs that are only just out, some journalists love it, and after six weeks, the keyboards have stopped working. You know, it's like, yeah. come on, this is. And I saw a great tweet the other day that said, can you imagine the fury if your iPad or iPhone touchscreen stopped working after a few weeks or a few mm. months? It would be front page news, but the keyboards are getting a, probably because it's a, you know, it's real heavy users. It's it's a small percentage, but it's just such it's, a it's, it's probably people flaw. hearing that story and go, well, that never happened to me because, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but anyway, actually, yeah. anyway the, the MateBook, I, I just think looks stunning. You know, it's if I was... If I was going to go and do a switch, I think it would be to this. Um, great design, um, universally, you know, the reviews are great. Um, fantastic screen, which is touch enabled as well, and it's running Windows. And what kind of pricing do we have? A price level yeah, for this? Yeah, so so I mean, you're looking at you know, and this, this is you know, Core i five with eight gig RAM and five twelve gig of storage is sixteen hundred euros. So it's mm-hmm. it's it's Apple a you know MacBook Pro type pricing. So basically, I think the cheaping cheaper end is towards yeah twelve hundred euros to up to around two thousand euros. Yeah, the, so that's the top, a MateBook, top models. That's a MateBook fourteen, so it's not like the MateBook X Pro. Yeah, okay. So yes. that's so that's a different yeah, it's just the, the real lower end model. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. um, and but it, if you're I, in the in the so basically, depending on whether you believe the Chinese uh, spying scandal and the fact that Huawei <laughs> does seem to be everywhere at the moment, and it yep. is yeah. Conspicuous by its presence everywhere, <laughs> uh, phones and laptops, and and now we're learning all about five G and all the kind of gigabits and stuff. Anyway, it's um interesting, but yes, they are everywhere. But if you don't believe all that, why not go get this laptop? And if you don't care about China spying on you, then do it anyway. Right, um, what else have we got? Sorry, I've got <laughs> more scrolling issues. So, so um, they also um, announced a Mate X foldable phone. Hey, everyone's got one of those, right? Yeah. This is the th- new thing, foldable phones. Um, so we saw the Galaxy Fold 
um, which was like three screens. So it's like a screen yes. on the outside, and it's two screens. Um, the 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 Mate X was was a lot more elegant. Um, and this was so it's another it's another clamshell opening thing. It left. It seemed to leave a kind of uh, did it leave a bar at the end? Or I, I can't. Yes. Yeah, so it's almost it opens. The other way, doesn't it? Like, it, it yeah. It so there strange. was a. So if you if you imagine like a phone and it's got like a, almost like a you know a, a a bar holder at the end and it hinges out or hinges upwards. Yes. Um, and it it looked a lot thinner. Um, it looked a lot more you know like the kind of design that that you would probably want to use. Interestingly, nobody was getting any hands on. It was all like you know people holding it in front of yeah, them. Yeah, but yeah. one journalist did. And said it actually felt really good. <clears throat> the the thing to look at is there's in certain light you can tell it's a plastic screen and you can see a bit of a ripple just around mm. the fold. Um, and and I, I guess we're going to have to wait, you know, two three months to actually get proper reviews from journalists that we trust. Do you think what's what's your opinion on these foldable phones? So obviously it's the the next direction that these phone companies are taking to try and think. Well, what the hell can we do to make it more innovative? Is trying to combine the form factor of a phone and a tablet when we need the the more screen space now has this got legs is it better just to have two devices is is it just are they inventing something for you know is there a need for this what do, what do you think yeah so is it is it another 3d tv yeah basically um so i i do think there is a i'm not saying there's a need because you could you could argue do you need any of the gadgets that we're using as a whole? Sure, you know, sure. But, yeah. but I, I think there's something that I, I look at it and think there's something quite compelling that I could take. Take something that's, I'm not saying they're small, they're obviously big devices right now, but there's a, I still think there's a market there where people want a smaller device. And if I can have a smaller device in my pocket and then somehow open it out and get something that I can watch a video on or read a book on far more easily than having a phone and an iPad. Mm. I, I I can see the value now. The the interesting thing about this, um, I guess the technology at the moment is it's plastic screens, and these mm-hmm. are two screens on the outside. So you think is that just going to scrape? You know, if you think think back to the early phones, and if somebody came out with a plastic one, you were like, oh no, you know, you, you know, there was a big thing about it needs to be a glass screen, and it's you know you can put your keys on it, and keys it in the same pocket, yeah. and all that kind of good stuff. Um, but yeah, there's. I think so. You, you so you feel there's legs in it. I I feel like they that this is a product that I don't see a need for personally at the moment. I I can understand it, and I guess for things like traveling, it's quite nice to have both options. I, I'm yet to be convinced that you know that that this is going to sell in in fast numbers. I'm sure it'll sell. Um, I I almost see more of a use for having a small flip phone again. That that opens into a sort of normal size phone so you just got that and that's what i meant about the smaller phone because right now the with the smallest like, iphone is still quite a big phone compared to what we had years ago i was and... just going through my uh, drawer where i've got lots of dead phones from the past and <laughs> and my first google sort of google's own phone is just mini yeah absolutely tiny and we just forget yeah. how much bigger these those products are now but yeah it's um I, I think a smaller phone that you can fold out maybe, but these big phones that are folding out even bigger, yeah, I guess people, it's going to sell whether it's... I just don't it's, think it's going to be in I, I guess it'll sell because they're all... Too, the only thing is it'll sell, but it's it's too it's grand. Another, this it's is, over two grand. This starting it? price is 2,300 euros. 
Yeah, which that's, is um, that's such a lot of money. You know, you think you think you know. I, I would recommend an iPad and iPhone. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like exactly. I draw a Samsung tablet and a Samsung S10. You know, that's because they're they're more than that. But then you've got to look beyond the generation one and just figure out if they could if they can convert this into a more you know more practical solution. Maybe, maybe, but but there's a lot of money at the moment, and obviously price would come down. Yeah, I mean these but, are first gen and. Yeah. Um, there's lots of talk that you know Apple are going to do something similar, but not next year, maybe the year after. Um, Apple won't do it until they know that it's popular. Uh, yeah, and they're also they seem to be saying they don't want a plastic screen. That's just a non-starter. You know, they, so they've got to work out how to make foldable glass. And uh, so Corning, <laughs> who do a lot of their glass manufacturing, reckon they're two years away from having foldable glass. My goodness me! Um, so they've they've got stuff in their lab right now that they they, they can they can fold. Bonk, and the other thing it? was I've tried to remember the figure. It was something like this was good for so many thousand folds before you actually yes, see... Yes, I've seen that as well, yeah. Before you seen... see actual, yeah, you know... They reckoned it was about two years of usage, yeah. average usage, I think something like that. So, again, it's it's another one of those little edge cases you think, yeah, do what, if I was spending that much money, would I only want it to actually last two years before it becomes, you know, yes. broken? Yeah. Yes. Nokia 9 PureView. How many cameras do you need on a phone? Well... Nokia reckon you need five on the back, five cameras, um, and they they're kind of staking that they, it's their new flagship phone, so they're kind of staking their rep on it, and they kind of need it to work out, I guess. And with all these other competition and all these other phones in the market now, it's hard to stand out. I guess putting five cameras on the back is one of those ways. Do do we know what the benefits those five cameras bring for us? Um, it's anybody. Yeah, so they they've taken a different route. The um, so if you look at like. Apple, Samsung, they have different processors or different, you know, capabilities in each of their kind mm. of cameras. Whereas Nokia, um, it's the same specs for all five. So each is a 12 megapixel sensor and each is an F1.8 lens. But two of them shouldn't colour and the other three are black and white. So is that to, so? Are they then using that data, the monochrome data, then to enhance the picture? So they're using that to do the kind of. So what I guess, you know, go on. Well, what they're doing is it's almost like here's five same cameras. We'll do different exposures, mm. and then because of that, you'll get a far more detailed shot because they'll take. And, so and the black and white will give you that tonal bit, so you can go to the shadows, yeah. you can go to the highlights, so then grab all of that data in in one go, and then overlay the color over the top, to, and you can mix it around afterwards, basically. I remember we saw that camera, which looked looked like a kind of phone shape, it had sixteen cameras mm. on it. Um, so they're using they're using they've partnered with that company called Light, um, to try and do almost like a cut down version of that. So taking the, I guess the same thought process and the same approach. And so instead of the 16, we'll use five. It's certainly one solution to the problem of having a, a camera dimple on the back of your phone, isn't it? Just have so many cameras that the whole of the back of the phone is one level. <laughs> yeah. So Samsung's has got, a, it's got, kind of got a bar of three across the back, yeah. plus the flash. Apple's rumours seem to be a square at the top corner because most folk end up putting a case on it anyway. So Yeah, so the case then levels it out. And, I and, and I just keep seeing, like, if that's the... If, just give me one with a thicker battery then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't yeah, don't bother waiting for me to put a case on it. Yeah, know. give me one that's flat at the back and with a case. I'm yeah. sorry, not with a case, with a, with, with the extra battery. But we've already know that those batteries are basically little bombs, aren't they? So maybe that's why they don't do it. They don't want any more power in them, really. Yeah. And then LG, um, they've come up with a foldable 
um, of course they have. Like foldable as well. But they've done it in a different way. They've kind of gone back to that old school um, phone where you like. Well, they've got in fact DS Nintendo DS is what they've got to come yes, up with in a phone no. form. Yep, <laughs> got, that's it. it basically it folds up. Um, exactly like a ds and then you've got two screens available and they've got software which kind of allows you to then have an app on one screen and running another app in another one and they've they've shown how you could have a game where you had a virtual gamepad on one screen and the game was running in the upper screen but just like the ds the, the screens aren't both equal they're not in equal in size and they're not equal in the specification so there's you know from a, a user's point of view it's a little bit jarring in that spec that there's different viewing angles and slightly different color tones and stuff across the two at the moment um and I don't know. It, it 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 doesn't feel. Whereas the other phones that flip out and actually come to a flat screen, which looks impressive, this just feels a little bit more Heath Robinson and a little bit old last gen. We've seen we've seen things that have hinges like that before. You know, it's old flip phone, um, but just done in a clunky way almost. Yeah, and and when you and you see the examples where it's like you're playing a game and the the other screen can be the controller and. Yeah. You know, you can you know, you can run two apps side by side. And I think if you're running two apps side by side, it probably doesn't matter too much. You know, if you've like no, you know, no. if it's like Twitter and email, Twitter and a browser, you know, yeah. video and something else, it's like that's that's probably actually all right. But I'm just you know, I I, I just look at what the the other flip ones I've went for and it's like so you can have a, a total you know, I can read across the whole page, I can drag things around, I could, you know, there's a whole load of use cases that I can see that, that this Well, it's hard. the tablet versus the phone, whereas this yeah. is not the tablet versus... This is the two phones versus one phone. I d- <clears throat> Again, it's just companies feeling around um, for what is the next step to do. We, we've done these phone things. Rather than focus down on phones and just think, right, just get them cheap and manufacture... They're thinking, how do we keep this money coming in? And this is their way. And they're all sort of floundering. Not floundering. They're all testing the waters, let's say. Um, and Sony's also testing the waters. They've got their Xperia One. Um, they've been struggling to differentiate because Sony obviously likes to ha- command a, a premium on their f- on all their devices. And basically, they they're an Android manufacturer, and therefore they can't really have a premium Android phone because there are that we are, other people do them and they do them better. So Sony came up with a concept. Right, we're going to make a really long phone. They've gone for a twenty-one by nine aspect ratio phone. So twenty-one by nine is like the equivalent of cinematic screen width, rather than sixteen by nine, which is your TV sort of width. So you can sort of imagine the extended uh, width versus height of this. Um, and I'm guessing the sell- selling point would be well, you can watch cinematic videos now on the phone. And, and the comeback to that is who has cinematic videos when everyone watches on screens and phones which are not this aspect ratio no one does um so i guess the other thing that they came up with as a a reason for having this extra tall space is they can do multitasking with a sort of small app at the top of your screen and then a slightly larger app below um their selling point now i can see you shaking your head in the same way that i was kind of going i don't i don't think they've nailed this Uh, and also I don't want something that's even longer, you know, in no. the pocket. Uh, uh, this, this much like the LG felt like uh, we need to do something different because Samsung's got this nailed, and um, Google Pixel's got it nailed. We and, can't compete on the yeah. just create a nice phone type nope. thing. Yeah. No, nope. um, you know they've, they've, <laughs> they've got the market share, they've got everything else. Um, let's do something different that might get some traction. But I, I, I just looked at it and thought, no, this looks odd. It, it it does look odd 
And like I say, I just can't, the, the content that you might be able to view on it, it just doesn't seem worthwhile. Um, no one has cinematics. I no. mean, the, the fact that the fact that TV, I mean, we had cinematic screens that came out for TVs and no one bought them because, again, no content. would. Why would you ever need it anyway? So I, I don't I, think I they nailed like, it, but that's what they've done. Yeah, I feel a bit so, sorry for Sony because the hardware they've made over the last two years has been excellent. Just nobody's bought it. No. But it's, that's because it's so hard to differentiate in a market where it's all Android and, you know, okay, they've come up with a nice phone, but say OnePlus, Huawei, all those kind of companies are creating really nice devices now. It's not like they're dead yeah. cheap. And if you look you know. at, I mean, to me, that's what caught HTC HTC where every year almost like the best phone. But They pretty much came higher than the reviews. All the reviews yep. said this is no the best spot. phone. Yeah, that's the, was the, the downline. Microsoft come, has come forward. Well, we've, I think we've talked about this briefly before anyway, but the HoloLens, the new version of it, and they've been now demonstrating it. Um, Going to cost $3,500, so it's not a cheap thing. It's more focused towards businesses, but they have been, apparently it is much more, uh, the, the, well, the biggest selling point is the field of view is two times larger. Um, and somehow, we don't know how they measured it, but it's three times more comfortable to wear, Ian. Um, I'd, I will hopefully let you know by the end of the month. Cause I, <laughs> well, if you um, could tell me how you define something as three times more comfortable, uh, uh, I would I'm, like to know. I'm, I'm not quite sure. Are my pants three <laughs> times more comfy today than the ones <laughs> I was on yesterday? Exactly. I have no idea. It's a, it's a, it's a spec that we I, cannot... cannot, cannot I, I, I don't up. know. I'm guessing it's down to some, you know, is it a, a weight combination? The, with, yeah, of course it is. It's some, you know, they're going to have a, someone with a clipboard has gone up and said, uh, is it feeling heavy yet? <laughs> Oh, that's great. That's 30 seconds. And last time you said after 10, so this must be three times more comfortable. Uh, so so a couple of key things that I liked about this. Um, the field of view will make a big difference because the last one was, it was, it was very small. And, yeah, so um, the, the field of illusion, as it was, yeah. it was great if you were looking at something straight ahead, but as yeah. soon as you moved, you realised what a tiny area it was covering. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think the second thing is they've actually partnered with, as you say, it's focused on enterprise, so they've partnered with you know safety glass people and safety helmet people, and yep. you know you can buy versions of it that that are all like compatible, which makes a you know a massive difference. Um, and also they've now got what you know I think they call it shared experiences. I know I know Apple are doing something similar. Um, so, so two can, people can be seeing the same scene. Yeah. And that's with either headsets on or you can, you know, so the, the, the example they used was Vifolio. So Vifolio is a, a product that, that, you know, I've messed around with before for using, for doing AR on, on iPads and Android. So you can start to use different hardware and and all be interacting <laughs> with... All be hooking in, yeah. Yeah, so I'm actually, um, I, might, I might be lucky enough to try one at the end of this month. I, I am interested to hear how companies and organizations are going to make use of this technology. It would be I'm interested to see what this will end up being used for, just because it's still not perfectly clear to me exactly what. But then I, I can see that there there are ways that it, it could you know enhance um, enhance things. But it's just hard for me to tell at the moment. So I'm yeah. interested. And, and it's interesting. So Microsoft have almost basically said, "There's a platform. Go at it." Yes, you know, exactly. So they're not sure either. They're just saying, yeah. here's something that might be interesting. Um, go and see what you can do. But the problem with that is it takes it takes a lot of development to put something in place that then becomes useful for... Anyway, it's, it, we'll see how it goes. Obviously, get, having better hardware is, the, is step one, especially when it was so limited in, in that initial release. Um, but yeah, maybe it'll catch the imagination. Some big companies will do something. <clears throat> uh, dash buttons. They've gone. Amazon have stopped selling them. Yeah. 
So the dash button was this idea that you'd stick a little button um, next to your consumables, things like toilet rolls or uh, washing powder. And every time you got low, um, you'd just press a button and then the next day Amazon would have delivered you a next um, next additional or next set of the toilet rolls. Um, the They've decided that, yeah, well, it, they're not really of any use. I guess they're not being used, one. Um, secondly, you had to always order about a million things, as in if you wanted toilet rolls, you couldn't just have a, a you know a nice sensible packet. It had to be like an industrial number of toilet rolls. Um, and they've said, actually, the direction that we're going to take this in is digital versions of these buttons. So effectively fridges can reorder stuff um, automatically or you know your washing machine can know when you're running out of washing powder and therefore <clears throat> reorder it for you um, and that's actually a much better way it's a hands-free version of a dash button that you just sign up to a service and then it's handled for you you don't have to do any of that other stuff and i think they're right i, th- I think these were an interesting um thing um maybe caught some imagination but actually in the reality of use of there's no difference in having a button that you press to actually just going to amazon and saying just send me some toilet rolls you know yeah it's not, it made no difference so that, that kind of i mean we, we joked about having one you know in the toilet and, it, and it, you know amazon prime with some toilet roll and, <laughs> and i know some there was a kind of talk of you know where, where you keep your washing powder you open a cupboard up and you can just press the button if it runs out um yeah. but you know use alexa uh they've also got a subscribe and save program now so you can just say just go on the amazon website and I just know, order but the, it but the subscribe and save program is basically uh i know each month i'm going to use this yeah. much washing powder <clears throat> so every month just send it yep and, and and anyway and the future is they're saying we've put an api out there now is let's get device manufacturers and internet of things uh, yeah. devices to actually do this themselves and yeah. and i think they're right i don't think there's any need for these no, physical buttons. It, it drove a it drove a small ecosystem got people thinking about it well what it did was it made people have to use brands so it was yeah. great for brands and, oh absolutely yeah uh usb4 is going to basically become interchangeable with thunderbolt um so some releases from who was it who generated the actual thunderbolt is it intel intel, intel sort of released the specifications of uh, what makes a thunderbolt cable a thunderbolt cable uh, and basically said yep anyone can use this so usb is going to use that specification um and it should mean that yeah uh, devices are interchangeable between the two device uh, two methods which which actually ultimately is going to be good for everyone uh, the thunderbolt specification allows a lot more power to be transferred it allows a lot more data to be transferred and it also allows that data to be transferred in much more open way uh, i mean it, it's all beyond me as far as all the technology that goes into just a blooming cable nowadays but um it's it, this is good news i'd say now the only the only downside will be if cheap cable manufacturers start cutting corners because these have specific requirements in order to be able to do that data transfer and they'd be able to order to carry that uh, power safely uh, therefore you know if if cheap cable manufacturers do come in and we know how expensive a thunderbolt blue and cable is you know they always come as a premium and as do all the thunderbolt devices they just cost a fortune um, it's always depressing to have to buy a thunderbolt cable which is you know we're, we're talking like 20 30 quid for a cable it's like geez that's when, when I first, last looked. It's probably down in price now. No, no, because when it first came out, they were up at about 40, 50. Yeah. And, it was like, and, and they weren't getting supplied. It was like you bought a Thunderbolt drive, you need to go and buy a cable. Yes, because they, they didn't want that yeah. cost being put onto and it, the And it just device. put you off. You were like, yeah, definitely. I, I know it's technically faster than Superior, but you're like, I'm not, am I going to get it? Anyway, USB 4, um, you know, so charging speeds of up to 100, 100 watts, transfer speeds of 40 gigabits per second, enough video bandwidth for two 4K displays. Um, 
so yeah, it all all sounds. And positive. it should all be backward compatible as well. Yeah, yeah all all sounds really positive. Um, yeah. I, what I didn't include was all the stupid naming conventions that they're still talking about <laughs> bringing in now around USB three and three point two and three point two yeah. something else. It's like what were the bollocks? Get with but it. It'd just be nice when everything is now down to one hub cable type. One thing you're shoving. And it's variable enough that you can... Basically, we're back to USB, just on a different specification. And and everyone's going to be happy about it. And certainly, you know, iPad going USB-C, you know, has made charging a lot easier because you've got so many people are just like, oh, yeah, just plug into this. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I think it's a good thing. Everything's going to combine back down until Apple decide, oh, I don't like that anymore because everyone else is doing it. So we're going to have another cable tax. How can we charge everybody $15? (laughs) Cable tax. We've come up with this new cable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to have it. You know there's going to be that thing. Um, finally, um, on our news, um, Jibo, it's gonna, he's going away. Do you remember Jibo? I didn't remember Jibo until I went to the video based on this news story. And now I do remember Jibo. Yeah, so Jibo, Jibo got a lot of traction. Was it two years? 2014. So it's how long ago. It was 2014. And then it began shipping in 2017. So this was like a... a Almost called it like a kind of, it was like, it reminded me of like a Pixar cartoon. It's, it was it's, almost yeah, like a definitely. little robot assistant with personality. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, it's so they raised 73 million in venture capital funding and $3 million through an Indiegogo campaign. It was $900 to buy, but they've now switched off the servers that drives it. Yeah, so, they, so so imagine a Pixar character being your Amazon Alexa. So it basically could turn, look at you, it had a little blinking eye and it would talk. Um, and it, it was kind of Alexa before Alexa existed, basically. Um, and yet the services that are running it are being shut down. So anyone who spent 900 quid on this stupid robot um, is now going to be left with something. That, they call it limited, yeah. <laughs> limited functionality. So hi, Jibo, uh, how are you? I don't know. I can't check my service. <laughs> yeah. uh, but basically to break the news to them, this the, the little robot is doing a little song and dance. <laughs> so which, not great news but i'm gonna give you a dance exactly okay. which is probably if anybody's still running it they're probably like what the hell has happened to my robot interestingly having not remembered about jibo and then going back to this news story i think actually it might be the future of things like alexa devices controversial uh, and you just had a fawns jump the shark moment <laughs> I, did, I I felt now that we've got these things in our home and they're talking to us, giving them a personality makes sense to me. Uh, no, that, I I get what you're saying. It was just back and to all the... it was was just a slightly articulated body and a slightly articulated head. It's not difficult, but it does it did give life to that that device. Yeah, compared to a, you know like a a black cylinder sitting there yeah. waiting for you to talk to with it. a blue light on top, yeah. listening all the time. <laughs> yeah, listening to what I'm watching. Yeah. In fact, they, you know, it would be a bit weird having a robot look at you all the time, wouldn't it? Yeah, just follow you around. Get up in the middle of the night and you just see these eyes light up and walk, watch you across the room. Anyway, if you if you've spent eight hundred quid on on a Jibo and now going to lose your service, let us know. <laughs> I think one of the reasons uh, that it's going away is because there weren't that many sold. Uh, Anywho. No. Anyway, that is the news. That is our podcast. Unless Ian, you've got any, have you got any picks or anything you want to talk um, to us about? No. Fantastic. <laughs> we can all get away early. It's like going home early from school, isn't it? Right. Uh, info. 
what am I talking? Why did I say info? Info at digitaloutbox.com is our email address. And uh, you can also get to our website, digitaloutbox.com and Twitter, digitaloutbox. So that's all the stuff if you want to talk to us. Um, by goodness. Um, I am on Twitter as Cheesy UK. My racing blog, which is kind of a bit dormant at the moment, academyracer.co.uk. My running blog is cheesy.blog. Ian, where do we find you? Uh, just go to iandeck.com. All the links are there. Brilliant. It's so much quicker. I need to do something. I need to combine. You, you do. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for getting this far. Thank you for listening. And we will talk to you again in the near future. Goodbye. Ta-da. Thank you.